0: Welcome to Amplify, a podcast created to inspire our listeners to learn about today's modern workspaces. I'm your host, Brad Schaefer.
1: And I'm your host, Kiana Vandenberg. Today, we will be interviewing and talking with one of our customers, Safe Furniture. We are honored to have two guests here today, Brandon Gerard and Jen Dauberstein. How are you guys doing today?
0: Wonderful. Thank you for having us.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having us, guys. Mm
0: -hmm. I'm assuming this is your first podcast interview? Yes? Yes. Sort of. Sort of? Oh, okay. I've been on the radio. Oh, cool. Um, As I said earlier, just kind of relax. We're going to have a little bit of fun. Uh, I do want to ask if you're nervous. Extremely.
1: (laughs)
2: Yes.
0: Really?
1: (laughs) Well, to kick things off, we're going to start today's podcast with another question. So this question is a little interesting. What is the temperature when it's twice as cold as zero degrees? Oh, no. (laughs) Brad, feel free to answer as well. (laughs) Zero? I came (laughs) at
0: this from a mathematical (laughs) side of things. And zero is zero, right? You can't divide zero by anything to make it smaller. But then again, the negative numbers come into play. Mm -hmm. But then if you look at the the temperature scale from Yeah, see, I was
1: thinking if it's zero Fahrenheit, that's like... Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I don't know science very well. Don't quote me on this. But zero Fahrenheit is 32 degrees Celsius. No, other way. Other way around. So if you're looking at 32 degrees, or if it's zero degrees Celsius, then that means it's 32 Fahrenheit. So then it'd be 16 degrees.
0: Okay,
3: that's 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 an interesting way to think about it.
1: That's my thoughts.
3: I am not going to even (laughs) answer.
0: This is out of my league.
1: I agree with you there.
0: Cold is cold. (laughs) It's getting colder here in Michigan too, which is unfortunate. Mm -hmm. Today's episode, we want to talk a little bit about what it means to be a customer of Built Systems and how the partnership that we have created and developed the works and what you like about it.
1: But we don't want this to be a work-only podcast, so let's get to know you guys a little bit first and then we'll dig into the work stuff. Can you guys both introduce yourselves?
3: Yes, I'm uh, Brandon Gerrard. I'm the CEO of Safe Furniture, also the founder, and uh, we've been in business for a year now and serving the educational market with uh, unique furniture offerings.
2: Well said, Brandon. I'm Jen Dobberstein. I'm the Chief Strategy Officer at Safe Furniture, and I handle um, everything having to do with
1: strategy. That's awesome. So, what kind of things do you guys like to do in your free time?
2: I have two um, young boys. I have a seven month old and a two and a half year old, so they take up a lot of my time. Mm -hmm. And I also like to run. I just ran a half marathon last weekend. Oh, wow. And I run with uh, Run Muskegon on Wednesdays every week, so it's fun. Wow. And And you, Brandon?
3: Yeah, I um, have a lot of different um, interests. Um, typically, I usually like to go hiking out in the mountains. Uh, that is one of my uh, my favorite things to do. Uh, also game. I'm a little bit of a gamer <laughs> and uh, tech geek, so I sit around and play on um, computers a lot um, in the evening and try to help my kids uh, understand technology from a different level.
1: Hmm, that's awesome.
0: So you explained a little bit about what safe furniture is, and, and did you have a... a um reason why you started, why you wanted to create this company that specializes in what you guys do?
3: Well, first and foremost, SAFE Furniture stands for Simple, Affordable, Fast Furniture and Equipment. And when we started this organization, that was our our primary focus, was to offer simple, affordable, fast furniture. Uh, We feel the the need in the market is um, being creative, being innovative, and being different. But also you have to make sure you're meeting um, your customers' uh, expectations on lead times. So getting furniture when it arrives for their times, not on times that we, you know, as a manufacturer, we would rather just have more time to get the product out there. There's always some type of operational um, lag or supply chain issue. And uh, we um, believe heavily on trying to get the furniture or the um, customer request to them when they need it to meet their times.
2: And our tagline is, we deliver, and that not only applies to delivering on a timeline, but also delivering on all of the expectations of the partnership, and we take that very seriously. Awesome. Thanks for that, you guys.
0: So let's talk a little bit about the history of the partnership that we have. And the one first question that comes across is, how did you stumble upon built systems?
3: Uh, I'm trying to actually remember how I came across built systems. It was by accident, Uh, (laughs) uh, partially um, looking for uh, STEM equipment and um, finding a unique um, offering of somebody that could build what I would consider robust industrial furniture and luckily already was doing that so the uh, um, the products that you're offering inside uh, you know manufacturing lended well to what we want to do inside education and bring what's being used in a manufacturing facility into the education world
0: cool um, well so what intrigued you and, and what drove you to go hey I want to really work with that group what was that one inspiration or, or the couple of things that wanted you to pursue that partnership
3: well, Brad, uh, not to give you too big of a head, it was you. Uh, <laughs> when uh, um, we sat down and started like kind of mapping out a couple of requests, you took the effort to actually draw a vision, create it, render it, and send it back to me. And uh, it was like one of those magic moments where like, this is awesome. And this was, I, I think, in the first week that we ever had a conversation together. And um, it, was, it was pretty awesome to be able to talk to somebody. I'm not an engineer. I'm not a designer. So just to map it out and, and actually see your vision come to uh, to life, it was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm.
2: And after the first meeting, it was just apparent you guys had a really positive attitude. Um, you've been great to work with. And you have great solutions and also the ability to customize, which is really important to us.
0: I have I have a smile on my face. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, so- Brandon.
1: Well, changing focus a little bit how did the COVID-19 pandemic kind of affect and change safe
3: I'm going to pause for a second while I'm thinking about that but Mm -hmm. I would say COVID-19 first was unexpected right Uh, when you start a company um, especially the when you you know make the decision to build an organization you don't plan for the worst case scenario ever Mm -hmm. and uh, so we were you know early you know uh, started in November uh, let's just say I think it was March 23rd is the date that sticks in my head was like the uh, the world ended type uh, (laughs) situation and so that's uh, four months into our our business life and it caused us to pause for a second and actually think about why we started an organization and one of the first things that we did um, when we started SAFE was we uh, sat down and wrote down a couple of key philosophies, core values. And mm-hmm. one of them is that we will define ourselves by the worst times, not the best times. So as soon as COVID happened, we realized that, you know, this was a big issue. We didn't actually know what how big of an issue. We didn't know how long it may impact us. Mm-hmm. But we realized it was kind of that opportunity to define us.
1: Yeah, opportunity to step up, definitely.
3: And so we made certain decisions uh, to make sure that we were protecting our employees. Mm -hmm. We also were very empathetic to our customers. We knew they were gonna be going through uh, this situation. And we decided to be human and Mm -hmm. sit down and reach out to people and ask a lot of questions, let them know that we don't know what's going on. We're here for them. And then also we made certain decisions that we weren't going to, like, freak out. (laughs) Uh, We we knew everyone was going to be doing this. So Mm -hmm. um, it allowed us to actually step back and, you know, pause our business a little bit and look at what are we really good at doing. And one of the things that we um, set up the company early on was to be remote. Mm. Um, I, I like to work from home. I don't always like to be <laughs> at, at an office. So um it was easy to make that switch to go, hey, we don't need to be in this building. Yeah. Work from your countertop. Uh we also were already we were doing Zoom before Zoom was cool. Oh <laughs> uh, and uh um so getting on and uh doing uh um teleconferences right away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just reaching out and said told our customers we're here. We had All of our um, team is very, very good at what they do. And so we're all um, individually can just do what we, like if somebody has a request, we can get inside the system. We don't rely on um, a a huge staff to do the work for us. Mm -hmm. We kind of do it ourselves, And uh, so we're hands on. So we were able to start helping out our customers at a different level when a lot of companies have um, people that, um, you know, certain teams, they, you know, they, Uh, in a lot of organizations they you know the sales team can go be remote but they lose their support staff Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden um, you start having breakdowns in the business well we are our own support staff and we wanted to support our customers so we just stepped up um, our customer experience and what is really cool is that has helped us even as um, now that we're going through the covid um, situation and we're in a different level of um, how it is is we stress customer experience we understand that that is our number one focus and it's uh um, lets us be more competitive so in in many ways COVID was an opportunity for us to Mm -hmm. get better um we still don't know we don't have all the answers um I'm sure we're doing some things majorly wrong at at some (laughs) levels but we we can really focus and go everyone's dealing with this, um and you know I, I always look at it and Um, I'm going to give a small analogy, but there's a, when you think about um, winter, and if you're an animal like a wolf, there's good winters and bad winters. And if you want to survive, you got to go find food, Mm -hmm. regardless. And the easier the winter is, everyone finds food. But in the wild, bad winters, the weak die. And uh, I don't want to be in the, the... the not living category. <laughs> so no matter what, um, whatever situation happens—political situations, economic situations—I um, still want to get out and feed my family and feed myself. So mm-hmm. um, these are always opportunities, um, no matter what, to go to go do something. And uh, you know, I'm a positive person. So like, you know, the world can be close to ending, and I got a smile on my face, going, "How do I make the best of this?" So, and we have a team that believes in that.
2: And we like to say that we're relentlessly resourceful. And being in the still the startup phase, I think it was easier for us to pivot and create some unique solutions, um, thanks to the help of our suppliers. But we were relentlessly resourceful, and we've just tried to make the best of it. You know, like like all of us have.
0: Mm
3: -hmm. And circling back to uh, the uh our unique suppliers, built came through huge (laughs) with uh, some uh, unique products. Um, or um, materials to help us uh, be more effective during the COVID situations. And those items um, helped us be competitive, um, helped us supply our partners, um, and we offered a lot of essential products to help essential workers be safe Mm -hmm. and also also offer products for schools to be safe when they were getting ready to reopen. Cool. Cool. There's nothing better than a safe school, by the way. Yeah, I love it. And that's with an extra F, SAFE, S-A-F-F-E.
0: <laughs> so looking at the, uh, SAFE obviously is an acronym for safe, simple, affordable, fast furniture, furniture equipment. and equipment. Cool. Um, and Bill, a lot of times we focus on the ergonomics and the, 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 the comfortableness. Is that a word? Of, sure. of it is today, it yep. is today. Comfortableness of the people that are working at the desk. So, is there? Do you see a push for some ergonomics and some of that stuff in the, the education market?
3: Most definitely, we love ergonomics. Yeah, uh, we. Uh, so, first and foremost, we um, want to have furniture that's fit and functional for a space. And people come in a lot of different sizes. Mm-hmm. Me especially, <laughs> and um, we want to make sure that uh, we can have furniture that meets everybody's needs and a lot of times um, having the ability to have different heights in a space is critical mm-hmm. the ability to have um, products that lift uh, to meet different needs is critical uh, the ability to be comfortable um, so setting in a chair properly whether you can set at the desk space and work so you're you know you're not creating fatigue in your shoulders in your back and um you know, you want to make sure that when you're at the space, you can be productive without creating, you know, long-term uh, problems. And it starts e- early on in education, uh, even for the even the teacher that's working there all day. We we like to focus on having stuff that allows them to uh, engage students, but also be able to get back into their productive space and stand up. So having lift tables and uh, moving around. So it's uh, ergonomics is huge. It's a uh, um, it's probably one of the most important things you can have in a space yeah i
1: might have to agree with that being comfortable is definitely it's easier to be productive when you're comfortable in my opinion
0: i, I i'm sitting here thinking i'm going i, I love the ergonomic side of things that's obviously it's what we do it, mm-hmm. for a career um and i'm thinking back to when i was in school and this is obviously a long time ago um it was most of the time it was this Fitted desk that was spaced you know three feet apart and you know we're 30 kids in the small classroom and then the teacher sat at one of the old school metal desks you know does that environment look different now
3: most definitely i it's, mean well that there's a lot of schools that still look look like that way like, yeah, yeah yeah um and then there's uh um schools that are um pushing the boundaries offering they're they're trying to make, make it more engaging spaces um a lot of it is, you know, we say we want to enhance a learning environment. And the major focus is how do you help students, you know, first and foremost learn? And every student learns a little differently. How do you create engagement? How do you create the collaboration? How do you create, create, help create creativity? And the one thing that is definitely happening in the world is um, the jobs that are going to exist when these, you know, students. Are at school today. You know they don't exist today, so they have to make sure that they're tr- giving skills for something that is going to be there twenty years from now. So you go back to when we went to school. Uh, the workforce was very similar to what it was twenty years before that. It was you know yep. very industrial. You know you you went you learned your skills. You went into the workforce to to do a, sp- a specific task. Mm-hmm. Now kids need to be able to ask questions, problem solve, and no, the resources are there. I mean, um, Google didn't really exist when I was a kid. <laughs> I, I didn't, I, I, the, the Encyclopedia Britannica or whatever it was called, um, probably messed that one up, but uh, it was, you know, you went there and you pulled the book out and you found what you were looking for and you're like, oh, well, now Wikipedia is doing that, but it's you know, a million times better than that book. It gets updated daily. And I look at kids today, they they don't really need to know all the facts. You know, they're gonna have Google and they'll
0: mm-hmm. just talk
3: to it and <laughs> it gives them the answer. So how do you ask Google a better question? How do you go f- mm-hmm. problem solve two different issues and bring that information together? How do you research? How do you build a compelling story? And that is really where I think education is uh, um, going to, to lead uh, when you look at STEM and, you know, the mm-hmm. fact that a kid can be in a space and be learning um, math and science at the same time, you know, uh, working on a robot and they're learning how to code and they're learning the industrial Um, complexities of of those parts you may be working with a CAD software to look at the gear like look at inside components that they can't see uh, when they look at that robot but they know they exist Mm -hmm. you know that's cool stuff
2: and when we were kids there was a lot of desk time and a lot of lecture time. Nowadays they're integrating STEM and STEAM in elementary schools and the students are always up and moving around and having mobile and flexible furniture that can enhance the learning environment and help them make their projects easier is very important. They're getting together in small groups and big groups and problem solving and we need furniture that can help them in in that process.
1: Yeah, so looking at these kind of like new environments in schools, what is your Processing, coming up with new designs, and how do you choose which products for this market that you want to move forward with?
3: A lot of times, it's um, more a customer request. Mm-hmm. We we you know we listen to our customers. We um, I, I will say this: we don't always um, sit around thinking about uh, the the idea of building something that we don't know if the customer needs. So we have the ability to listen and respond to the market. Mm -hmm. So um, it's unique that a lot of teachers or educators, I should say, uh, influencers, uh, they, they come to us with a unique request and we have to have the ability to respond quickly to those unique requests.
2: Yeah, I would agree a lot of it comes from customer requests. We also, everyone on our team has a lot of experience. So if there's things that we haven't seen in the industry that we see an opportunity for, those are things that we explore. Um, and also just making in product improvements based on the feedback we get along with requests is important. Mm-hmm.
3: We, we like to, um, at least when I look at products, um, there's the enhance phase. So what can I do to a table to enhance it? That's where height adjustability can come in. Um, maybe a unique shape, a different size. Where can I extend that uh, that product? So, if I'm using it in a classroom, where can I bring it into? So, we might have it in a classroom one day, and it might be in a, a commons area the next. It could be in a media center. Um, it could go. Um, it could be a an instructor's desk one day, and then be what the superintendent's using because we can extend our products into a lot of areas, and then. We we usually have built come in is where we can evolve a product, so we get that request and then we evolve it. We make the small change that's could be critically impactful for that individual, but it could be critically impactful for all kinds of different individuals once it once we learn to go through it. So I, I always look at it through the uh, um, enhance, extend, and evolve stage of a product.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I like to add, I think it's fun for some of your product lines to have just these little, like, delighter aspects. So maybe it's a matching edge band that makes it look seamless. Maybe it's a fun color leg or a different style top. So I like to have products that are reliable, but also they have a little fun aspect that maybe you don't expect.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very cool.
0: <clears throat> I have a question here that says, what what role did Built play in that help you with developing new, you kind of answered that already, developing new product? And, um I know I've been kind of a a go to, and I really enjoy working with you guys and kind of giving the. I, I love the hey, I have this idea, can we make it work? And uh, I, I think it's been a, a a great relationship at this point.
1: Yeah. So looking forward, you guys kind of touched on this already, but just kind of your final thoughts on what does the educational workspace of the future look like?
3: I will say this. Mm-hmm. The, um, the space of the future is going to be highly mobile, highly effective for, for kids to um, adapt to, like so height adjustability, combination for collaboration, and interactivity. And the other thing that is critical is, uh, and I'm a, um, going back to tech, is user interface. Is it simple? If I walk into the space... Does it feel like the space that I can go to work in without asking one person a question about how to use the furniture, how to interact with the furniture? So if I walk into it, I should be able to raise and lower it without asking anybody. Mm-hmm. I should be able to move it without asking anybody. I should be able to connect my device to it without asking anybody. And it should be an, a simple, something as simple as that when the four of us are in that space, we can all Work at that, that in that area. That to me is the the space of the future. Now, that could still be a table that existed, <laughs> you know, a hundred years ago. I mean, uh, four legs and a top can meet the needs of the future. It's how do you just make it so that it's easier and more functional for those students to know how that space is, and, and what they're going in to do it. So that's that's really what our our key focus is: is to always be thinking about that those people that are going to be using the space and also realize that um, no matter what, if I have the coolest piece of technology today, these kids, this is going to be their worst piece of technology that they interact (laughs) with because in 10 years, they're going to have something cooler, Mm -hmm. better. uh, And, and who knows what it is. You know, um, I go back to when I was a, a student and I know cell phones weren't around. I mean, you were lucky to see somebody with a bag in their car, um, you know, connected to a radiation device um, <laughs> rolling around. And, uh, um, you know, so the fact that, you know, I look at this and uh, people are really worried about AI and uh, um, devices, you know, becoming more um, adaptable. This really is um, AI. I mean, I'm connected to this, whether it's in my hand or gets implanted <laughs> in my head. Um, this thing is a critical piece of my technology and it's just going to keep getting better eventually, you know, there's the glasses. Um, I don't know if you follow Elon Musk. He's kind of an interesting character, mm-hmm. but he has his uh, Neuronet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he's working on, impl- uh, you know, implants to go into your brain to do certain things. And um, Sign me up. <laughs>
1: yeah, Brad would be the first one.
3: <laughs> and, and, and who knows, in 10 years? We're not doing a podcast talking into the microphones. We're just sitting here looking at each other. <laughs> that <laughs> would <laughs> yeah. be weird. And it's communicating. <laughs> <laughs>
1: right. Thanks for tuning in and listening to this episode. Look for our next episode which will be interviewing Kelly Shelton from Built Systems. Anyone who has ever called Built has talked to her. So we want to let you know into some behind the scenes of Built customer service.
0: So I have a question. What are your favorite holiday traditions? Ooh. Ooh. Which holiday? Uh, let's focus on the the Christmas time holiday. Ooh.
2: I think it's easy for me on any holiday. It's the eating part. I like the Halloween candy. I like the pumpkin pie and turkey of Thanksgiving, and all of the treats and baking that goes around with the Christmas, and of course family gatherings. Although that might look different this year.
3: So my uh, family traditions have uh, drastically changed, you know, you go through different life events, and um, so um, I have a blended family now, and uh, our big thing is we we like the Elf on the Shelf, but we've, you know, we're we're not the um, uh, crazy Pinterest um, Elf on the Shelf family, but we love writing letters and having the kids interact um, with those, Um, so that is um, one of our favorite fam, uh, family traditions and then also going on a um, finding like train rides and going to um, you know different types of uh, tree farms uh, we we've started really liking that um, this year i don't know if we'll be able to do the polar express so uh, that is that is a blast got to get your tickets like in june so it's hard to think about uh, but this year we're not doing that one so we'll um, hopefully be able to go to a, a family you know tree farm and you know get the tree and drink hot cocoa and Get a picture with a family that um, is doing those weird facial expressions for, for great holiday times.
2: I need to work on my family traditions. I said eating cookies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, eating is a tradition of mine that
0: goes along with all holidays. <laughs> my
2: kids are little. We have to build them up yet. So. Yeah, I understand.
0: Please remember you still have time to register to win a gift package from Bill Systems. Visit our podcast website at Anchor. forward slash built systems and leave us a voicemail with your name and contact for your favorite holiday tradition. If you do prefer email, shoot us an email at info at built systems.net with your contact info and favorite holiday tradition. We hope to hear from you. Do you want to win a Christmas gift from built systems?
1: Send us a voice message by going to our podcast website at anchor.fm forward slash built systems. Tell us your favorite holiday tradition and you will be entered to win a Built gift package valuing over $50. Be sure to include your name and email address in the voice message.
0: If you prefer, shoot us an email at info BuiltSystems.net with your contact information and favorite holiday tradition. You can also follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram pages for some additional entries.
1: The winner will be announced on our Christmas Eve special. We can't wait to hear from you.